You're listening to KZAALP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza. Radio won't even play my tape. Yo, do we got Toronto on the line right now? Yo, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Um, give me one second. Let me let the listeners know what's up. Uh, what's up to everybody still listening on the radio? We're live on KZAA LP 96.5 FM. You just heard uh, Young Gov's new record, Gov 3, from top to bottom. And what's up to everybody streaming this episode? Thanks always, everyone, for supporting the show. We got the man himself, Young Gov, on the line right now. How you doing today? Good, bro. Damn, you played the whole uh, the whole record. <laughs> I played the whole record, man. Of course, that's huge, dude. Thank you. It's so good. I mean, hold on, I, yo. I'm 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 posting on my social media that I'm live right now. Let me do it because I'm because I can't do two things at once. <laughs> um, live right now on the radio. Okay, cool. Yo, what's up? What's up, dude? It's perfect because it's like a perfect sunny blue sky California day. So like the the record on the radio was perfect for Thursday afternoon here in California. Well, I'm in New York and it's raining and I just left California last week after four beautiful release shows and honestly, I love New York but I already miss California, so you know, I'm actually thinking about permanently moving there after the last five years of kind of subletting and wandering around this beautiful earth. I think California might be the spot for me. So good to know it's a beautiful day. <laughs> I mean, respect, man. Yeah. Um, California is the best. I've lived here my whole life. I absolutely love it. Just be like, we don't really get seasons here though. So, but that might be what Dude, you I'm over all that. <laughs> yeah. I'm over seasons. I'm over change. I'm over, <laughs> I just need some steady, just some steady lifestyle, you know, like I've been in, I was subletting New York for three years. Like I probably had like eight different apartments and, you know, I come from Toronto. I just lived in Mexico and New Mexico. So I'm ready for just like, I'm ready to chill, dude. <laughs> California sounds like the place to be then. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, so you said you're, you're calling from New York right now, right? Yeah, I am. I'm calling from beautiful Ridgewood, Queens. Nice. That's what's up. Well, thanks so much again yeah. for joining the show. Um, yeah, I just want to say the Young Gov discography has lifted my mood many times. Um, just being at, just listening to it, you know, listen to Ripe for Love yesterday. wasn't having the greatest day, and it just lifts my spirits uh, all the time. So thanks for making all the songs you do. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I. I have noticed that people have been like reposting the new stuff and, and the word optimistic has <laughs> been used um, a few times. And I, I'm happy that it's making people feel that way, even though maybe we aren't optimistic really inside, you know, like it's, it's nice. Well, maybe we are. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm optimistic about a lot of things, but you know, it's hard to be really optimistic these days, but 
as long as you can feel an optimistic feeling when you're listening to music or like some sort of like fuzzy nostalgic like I don't know, just a good feeling, whatever. It doesn't even have to be fuzzy nostalgic. It could be like crazy and hard and like I don't know. <laughs> as long as it makes you as long as it gives you a little bit of a journey away from, you know, what you may be going through, I think that's the uh that's obviously the goal. So For sure, uh, man. I'm glad to uh glad to uh help out. For sure. Um, and just to everyone was a lot of people were asking me, like, how did I how did I get the Young Gov interview? And so I actually got to meet you in person, which was cool. And I got to be part of the no warning, no warning merch crew for a day at for the children. <laughs> so thanks for that opportunity. That was how we initially uh, made the connection. That was super fun for me and my friend that got to do that. Well, I actually believe I should be thanking you for doing the merch. So you're you're very welcome, but thank you for for doing the merch because I'm not able to do it myself because I just literally walk away. I can't I can't really. I'm not like I, I'm not good at sitting there, and I, it's not, I just I, I usually just walk away and nothing gets sold. So I appreciate you helping us run run that on no. that merch table because we like the merch. Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. Um, so due to, we're, you know, due to just trying to get as much in as I can in our time, um, all the, the Gov3 vinyls, and there's a big merch collection available at the Run For Cover uh, web store. The Dice shirt is hard. I love that shirt. <laughs> um, and I just yeah, wanted yeah. to say, I posted it, but for all everyone listening to go check out on a New Commute, you did that really cool breakdown of all the songs on the new record. Yeah, I was stoked to do that. I I, um, I love New Commute, and he kind of hit me up being like, yo, what should we do? Like, And I was like, oh, let me just write like a little track-by-track thing, because uh, I'm, always, I'm always interested when people... I mean, even records I don't like, sometimes I find myself reading about the recording process or just about like people's creative process. So, I don't know, sometimes like, you know, reading about albums or music can, can get kind of like boring. So I try and like... I don't know, keep it like, keep it cool, but also keep it kind of nerdy for the people who are interested in like, you know, how it's made. And I, I, that's, that's what I like to do. I like to make records still. So like, I'm a nerd about that. No, dude, it's cool. Cause I am too. So like when I interview people, I always like to see if they're down to talk about, you know, kind of behind the scenes, you know, what was going on when a record was made and stuff like that. So check out the new commute, uh, thing. I posted it, um, and yeah, it was super cool. When I saw Talos on there, I was like, whoa, that's random. Because <laughs> like my my so my grandpa's family settled in northeast New Mexico in 1899. And um, so whoa, my dude. yeah, so it was trippy. I was like, oh, I didn't even think that, was, you know, it's New Mexico is kind of off the map a little bit. So uh, my grandpa, my grandparents said, uh, talked about Talos and they just said natural beauty, mountains, untamed wilderness, fishing, um, art, exquisite expressions of the Indian life, weaving and pot making. They were stoked. I asked them, I told them I was interviewing somebody who recorded a record or created, wrote a record in Taos, and they were stoked to give me some words about what that meant to them. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, like, yeah, all those words that your grandparents used were, you know, pretty much bang on. It's like we didn't need, I, honestly, None of us knew when we ended up in Taos. Just the quick backstory is how we ended up in Taos. We were on tour. COVID hit. We were in Texas. 
and uh, we, we didn't really want to go back. We couldn't go back to our apartments in New York because we'd sublet them out for the tour. So, you know, make a little bit of extra money for, you know, to afford touring. Um, and uh, yeah, we just ended up in Taos, um, long story short, and kind of just chose it kind of randomly. I don't honestly still don't really know how it really went down. Um, but yeah, we ended up in this incredibly magical, like high desert mountain town and like ended up living in this thing called an Earthship, which is like this biodynamic, like sustainably built, um, like genius creation, kind of like built half into the earth, half in, and a half sticking out yeah. out of adobe clay, clay bottles and garbage. And uh, it's it was just so amazing. It was such a cool you know, pretty much a year of our lives. Like we'll look back on that and just be like, man, that was like, was that real? You know, I, I, I still think we'll be processing that for years to come. And like, I, I certainly will, but yeah, we got a good record out of it. Well, we got many good records out of it. Everyone who was there made their own records as well. And we all kind of helped out shout out color green and Bobby love song, Tony price and James Matthew seven, all, all like, you know, amazing artists who were, part of the Talos crew and part of the, the Gov record too. Um, yeah, this, aside from music, like the, the, the nature out there, like, geez, dude, like, <laughs> I, know. I was, uh, I was not ready for that. Like that was some epic, like we just, music took a backseat for the most part. I don't know how we got a double record out of it, but I was out there in the river. I was, I was going, in, I was going in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful place. I used to go there and go snowboarding too uh, when my grandparents lived there in the winter time. Um, so, if you don't mind sharing too, uh, who makes up the Young Gov band? Um, for those who don't know, or um, maybe just yeah, who makes up the Young Gov band and kind of how the songs and records are influenced um, by the other people in the band. Yeah, I mean this particular record. Um, I mean there's 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 a there's there's a few rotating like live members. Um, okay. And then there's some more studio type people. Um, I mean we could start in uh, we could start in Taos where it kind of started where where I was with uh, Noah Cole who I uh, who I mentioned was in a color he's in a band called Color Green from L.A. Um, we have Tony Price who's been a co-producer of the of the dove project for since right for love he kind of stepped in and kind of gave me the confidence to like take it seriously actually he was like i don't know he was kind of he's definitely a um you know a good a, a good person to have in your corner in terms of like some everyone needs a push you know like some confidence and, and he was he was that guy early on and uh yeah so yeah he was in taos with us and um a person named Mad G. She does a, um, uh, a a project called Bobby Love Song, which is this beautiful, you know, kind of avant-garde like pop weirdo stuff. Um, it's really really good. Everyone should check her out. Um, and then we have James Matthew Seven, who is a No Warning member um, with me. Um, he and I started writing songs when we were like twelve. Nice. Um, so he's he's still yeah he's we actually moved to Mexico together like a year ago to like just dip out of the you know dip out of America completely and he's still there. Um, yeah, he's he's on board and then we have Ryan Gavel who's uh, actually his birthday today. 
you're listening, Ryan, um, which <laughs> probably aren't, uh, ha- but happy birthday. That's right. um, he's a ba- he's, he plays bass on everything and also plays in the Gov Band live usually. He's like, you know, probably the best bass player in, in the world. He's like a session kind of guy as well, like hired by a lot of people. Um, nice. So lucky to have him. Also a, a long time, no warning, original member. Uh, and then we have Tommy Major, who is kind of maybe one of the newest people um, on board in the Gov crew, but also the oldest because he, one of the oldest because he actually played on early, early records. But then, you know, I brought him in to the live group on the, the, the a couple of tours before COVID, and he ended up coming down and during when we went to LA to out of after Taos to record Gov Three and brought him in to like play on the record and um you know maybe write some last minute songs and all the songs me him and i wrote together uh right before we went to the studio are like some of the singles and like you know some of the, my favorite songs i've ever done so he's a he's a really incredible incredible incredibly talented guy and has his own project tommy and the commies which is like 77 punk stuff and also he does a new solo thing called the major yeah he's been an integral part of the live stuff um and yeah just various drummers ben wessels richard gowan and steph duchesne um that kind of makes up everyone um there's a lot of people involved and i try and keep it i try and keep it that way because i don't like doing things all on my own you know yeah. it's 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 called young gov but it's like it's a collective of musicians that all help each other out and i like you know i'll help and produce or mix or play or like you know vocal arrange everyone else's stuff um so yeah it's just kind of like it's a good group it's solid nice that's awesome man that's a yeah awesome collective probably fellowship and and yeah man i mean all the gov records are great but gov3 has a special has a special feeling, man. I've been listening to it like every day, especially the singles too. It's like, yeah, just like all hits, like just good, good jams for sure. Um, Thanks, dude. Yeah, I wanted to like incorporate my all my my band on that, like make it kind of like, all right, this is the band in the studio, you know, because the the Gov band like rocks live and stuff. So, you know, it's just like let's make something that can translate in that context. And like make like, you know, I guess you want to call it power pop or pop rock or whatever. Like, let's make an an album that's pretty obviously in that genre, but an album that can like hold up to some of the some of the other good records in that genre over time. You know, I think I'm proud of this record, and like, there's a lot of collaboration on there, and like, it's not just me. So I can say. I think it's going to hold up over time with a lot of the great, great records of the genre. And I don't care who knows it. That's right. No, I agree for sure, man. Um, can I ask you how you came up with the name Young Gov? Um, Young Gov is actually my like pseudonym for when I played in uh, F'd Up. Um, so when I joined F'd Up, um, which I played in for like 14 years, um, everybody had these like kind of stupid punk like uh, nicknames <laughs> like so it was like pink eyes damien's pink eyes um uh jonah's mr joe or whatever and yeah. my 
my name was given to me, young governor. And it's it's actually a Manchester City like football soccer reference. Oh, cool. Um, so in the seventies, and that's a, that's the team that I support because my family is like a, a Manchester City supporter, so they're all British. Nice. Um, yeah. So in the seventies, there was like a hooligan firm called the Governors or something that surrounded Manchester City, and I was unaware of this, but um, Mike from F Up was, I guess he did a little research, a little did a little digging, and uh, he's like, "Yo, why don't you make your name Young Governor for the F Up?" pseudonym thing and i was like yeah that sounds fine that sounds cool i'm down and then i just kind of like used that name when i started doing like bedroom recordings and my own little sing- singles just because i don't know i felt i don't really like naming things so that's why my my records are like gov4 gov3 no it's perfect um yeah it's like easy um that's awesome thanks for sharing that thanks for editing the name of that band too i appreciate that oh god dude um, I, I'm, I'm stoked to be on live radio yeah man so yeah I, we're... I, i'm i'm down to, down to follow the rules maybe <laughs> i appreciate it um yeah if you want to just say a little bit about like going from playing in that band and doing no warning to um starting young gov like was is was that something like you always always wanted to branch off and do like, or did you kind of just come up with it at a certain point or kind of, how did that transition happen? Um, I mean, I, I've always made like, kind of like poppy little songs, like since I was like 12 and like, you know, no worrying just happened to be the band that hit for us. But you know, that, that whole time we were all like, we're on to like different kinds of stuff and always been like kind of honing my like songwriting craft in terms of like melodic music um on the side while doing like heavier stuff um but i don't know it just came out like you know i was i was in effed up and i did like a power pop thing called marvelous starlings um while i was in effed up which was like really it was, it was cool it was it was around the time when there was a lot of like micro labels like doing like just seven inches here and there like singles so you know after putting out like i don't know like nine or ten marvelous darling singles um i kind of just got a taste for it um and that band was kind of dwindling a little bit um i think maddie was still like i don't know he was he's sober now but you know back then he was like he was pretty messy and he was like doing a lot of drugs and, and yeah. drinking and stuff like that and just which i'm glad he got over um not everyone's so lucky but yeah it kind of just dwindled off and uh so i kind of just started to do this young gov thing in my in my home in my room pretty much and you know releasing singles and just having fun, just making making little records on the side while I was like touring with with F Up and like they they were, you know, taking up most of my time. Um, and I was happy to just be doing these like little creative projects, you know, like taking a photo, making a record cover, getting someone to draw a record cover, and making two songs in my room. And then luckily having some random person in like San Diego or something like put out a little single, like press two hundred and. And, you know, and just, just to know those little artifacts were out there was like enough for me. Um, I'm not a, I'm not like a record collector, but I do, I do like the idea of it. You know, I'm not like, I don't really like having a lot of stuff, but I do love <laughs> putting, putting that stuff out into the, 
easily. Um, for sure. So, yeah, it kind of just bloomed from there. And, and like I said before, um, uh, Tony was, was, was instrumental in kind of just being like, yo, you should, you know, maybe do this. Let's go into a studio. And, and we, you know what? It was a person named Steve Charlie out of Toronto who I worked with in, with no warning. He's an engineer. Um, when we were like, when no warning was signing with Lincoln park and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, he actually came up to the merch table uh, at a f- uh, effed up show and we connected after uh, like a decade of not, not seeing each other. And he said that he had this studio that he was working out of, which had like a really nice mixing board, like a big SSL. And like, you know, obviously I was like, really, that sounds cool. <laughs> For sure. He, he was like, and he was just like, man, I'm recording so much whack stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, just for money. Like I, I'd be, I'd be so, I, I'd be so down if you came and like wanted to do something up there. Like it, maybe some night sessions we could work out. And like, so it was, you know, Steve and Tony really instrumental in like Steve with the studio and his like, you know, insane skills at being, you know, one of the best engineers and, you know, sound people like producers, um, there is right now he's gone on to do a lot of a lot of a lot of really cool stuff um so yeah we would kind of just like tinker around in this in this studio in like north toronto um and that's where right for love came from and once right for love was out i was like oh i think i have like the sound like kind of a sound for this project now because all the singles were like um they were really they're they weren't good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Right for Love is kind of like, all right, cool. Let's just, like, do this again and again and, and see where it goes. And, you know, it kind of, like, kind of just rolled out from there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thank you for thank you for sharing that. I uh, That's really cool. Um, okay, we have about, let's see, four, three, three, seven minutes left. I wanted to ask you about, um, so obviously like a no warning show and, uh, young- I actually have a little bit more time if you do. Oh, I do um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Let's just, let's just run it. And, uh, I actually, I, I'm not really good with scheduling or time right now. And <laughs> I messed up my, but, you know, so yeah, so we could talk whatever. Okay. You just let me know. Um, so, so I'm just curious about like, a no warning live set is a lot different than a gov live set. <laughs> so I just wondered if you, if you don't mind sharing a little bit, like how you feel about the difference in performing, like, you know, a no warning set and a gov set. Like, do you, is there one you like more? Is there certain things you like about each? Or um, if you want to just say something about that. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, they're so different. Um, yeah. which, I, is, which is a cool thing. Like most people don't have that perspective. You know what I mean? It's either one or the other usually. So I just think it's, that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm blessed to be able to do all these things that I do. Um, no warning. I mean, no warning's tense for me, man. I, I can't lie. It's like hectic inside. It's like, <laughs> it's still, I still get like, you know, I still get like weird, like, you know, hours before the set, I'll get like crazy anxiety and like, you know, I I can't really feel good or comfortable. And it's like, you know, all that, like 
all that no warning energy really just like i don't know it comes it, it's like i don't know really know how to deal with it to yeah. be honest yeah um so when 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 you're on stage with no warning it's kind of just i'm just blasting through it i'm not thinking i'm just going i'm just going in you know what i mean and like i kind of like I'm kind of robotic with it at this, at this point because I've done it for so many years. Um, but the the anticipation to, to, to the set is it doesn't feel that good for me. The set feels good and afterwards feels nice, but the anticipation is like I don't know. I'm an I'm an anxious guy um, in a lot of ways, um, whereas the young gov is is pleasant because i don't have that um that anxious anticipation before the set it's like you know i it's just me and and, and a guitar and like you know it's obviously not as as crazy and energetic and stuff like that it's a bit more chill but you know i'm up there with my with, with my with my dudes and um it's just a little bit more um i don't know it's kind of where i'm at a little bit more um sometimes and you know ha not having the the anxiety before the show is like is really nice it's a it's a, it's a it's a nice change for me for sure man yeah that makes a lot of sense every no warn every time i've seen no warning it's it's pretty much mayhem <laughs> so i can yeah, i can understand like, that i i used to get like crazy like i wouldn't call it stage fright because maybe i would but it was like really crazy uh pre-show anxiety where i would actually um i'm not sure if i've ever said in this public before but I, i've actually i used to make myself puke before every single show for like three years um because if i didn't i would puke on stage yeah and so i actually have um like a, a condition a damaged condition in my esophagus like the same same way a bulimic person because would have um because i made myself vomit so many times um so which is kind of gross but you know it is what it is yeah um so yeah that's kind of annoying um but <laughs> yeah I that's feel no that, way I to live that, dude <laughs> nah it sucks man and, and like um i feel that when i play no no warning still I, I, I get like, you know, re triggered by the whole like vibe and I just can't get over it. So there's still times where I like maybe like puke a bit before the show. And uh, but I try not to any, I, I don't really do it anymore. I've gotten over it for the most part, the puking stuff, but the, uh, the anxiety and the, like the, 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 the worry is, is still like very much present. For sure, man. Well, you gave us all, Gosh, what is it now? Like almost twenty years of no warning shows. So the people are yeah, good. I, <laughs> Take care of yourself. I don't know how to. I, I don't know how to fake it, bro. <laughs> I don't know how to like you know just like fake that 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 band. So like, just you know, I wish I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, you. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, you take care of yourself, man, and the you know. Like I said, you've given the people enough no warning. <laughs> For yeah, sure. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Over. <laughs> um, thanks. Yeah, but no, really, thank you for sharing that. Um, 
I wanted to ask you about your your California uh, record release shows. Super cool that you had like a, I think it was like four four California shows. Um, I I, th- yeah. I was super cool that you you know had that like specific focus to do Gov three record releases in California. Um, and kind of just wanted to ask you how how those shows were. Shows were great, dude. Like California rocks and like everyone always comes out and like it's it's always supportive i made i made i wrote the record in taos but i made it in 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 la and i made it in long beach so um at jazz cat studios shout out jazz cat studios in long beach if anybody's listening and they want a great studio and that's not in the los angeles like whatever go to long beach go to jazz cat it's amazing um uh, but yeah, I was really glad to play these sh- these release shows in California because to me it's a California record. Um, I always make I've always made my best stuff in California. Um, so you know I'm excited to play more there. I'm excited to go down there and maybe like you know try like I said before like maybe try living there for an extended period. And um, yeah, everyone came out. It was dope. That's what's up, and and you and uh, did you pick the bands to support you on those shows? I did, yeah. I really, I, I mean, No Warning played with Scowl um, in December, and I asked them on that tour. I was just like, "Yo, you guys want to play some Gov shows?" And they're like, "Hell yeah!" So that was that. Um, and uh, Toner, Toner from the Bay, or Semelito put out some Gov um, stuff before he sings for Toner. So that was like definitely a no-brainer, and uh, yeah, Color Green were on the shows too, and um, like I said before, Noah's um, Noah played plays in the Gub band, played on the record, and Color Green are like an incredible, incredible band. Um, so yeah, it was like stacked. It was super dope. It was yeah. I thought the I thought the lineup that was playing with you was was really cool. Um, it's also super cool that you teamed up with brain dead to do the LA shows and, um, to do the acoustic set. I was wanted to ask you how that, how the acoustic set was. Honestly, man, the acoustic stuff felt so good to me. I, 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 it, I can't believe it's taken me this long to do that because, you know, when you're, when you're a songwriter, um, who started with an acoustic guitar when he was 12 and, you know, fast forward, being able to do that stripped down kind of performance with songs that I think translate pretty well to the acoustic guitar um, with Tom by my side. It just, it kind of opened up. It made me really curious to do some more stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. honestly, bef- the 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 months leading up to these California release shows, honestly, I was not in a good place. I was like really depressed. Um, like maybe the worst I've ever felt in my life. Hmm. Uh, I was really discouraged. Um, I couldn't get out of it. Um, I almost I was like considering quitting music and just like just disappearing and. And uh, those acoustic shows, honestly, even though they were like maybe like, you know, 30, 40 people like and, and one weird little van's online performance, um, that really just opened up something inside me. And, and, and I wanted I want to do some some more some more stuff like that. You know what I mean? Maybe do like 
a bit more of an acoustic record at some point. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really important. That's awesome. Thank, thanks for sharing that too. And, and sorry, you're, you're going through a tough time. I, um, I guess I'll just share. Yeah. Like I took the last two days off work cause I, you know, I struggle with depression and like, you know, take medication and all that stuff. So I really know the feeling where you're like, you're like, dang, like things like around me really aren't that bad, but I just can't get out of this rut. You know what I mean? Or I can't like, no matter how many good things are around me or how many good things are happening to me or, or, or going to happen. I'm just like stuck in this like cycle of just like a low, you know? And I, and, uh, that was, I listened to ripe for love and I went out in the sun and it was like, I mean, obviously it's not like a magic cure, but, um, the, the gov music helps lift my mood, I guess is, uh, is what I'm trying to say. And like this week it's, it's done that. So it's super cool. Damn dude. Well, that's moving to hear, dude. Yeah. You're almost making me, you're almost making me tear up, bro. Um, <laughs> but as, as someone, as someone who, you know, deals with some of the same, I'm not medicated. Um, I escape in different ways, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I, someone who, who deals with similar things, um, I really appreciate that. I'm really glad that you can find some, something about the music and, you know, get out there in the sun too. That always helps. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone, you know, this at some point during this pandemic or whatever, you know, pan- pandemic aside, like everyone's going through something, you know, it's like it's it's a it's a strange time to be alive. Like, you know, we're all so isolated because of these phones and the social media and stuff like that. We don't have to yeah. get into that kind of stuff. But like, you know, it, it it's facts, you know, and it's like we're all addicted to this stuff because these capitalist pigs have just like made this addiction technology and literally like, you know, you know, got inside our brains and you know, sure. have taken up, taken up their, you know, made camp inside of, inside our <laughs> souls basically. Yep. And, uh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's hard to figure out. So, you know, we just got to remember that we're all kind of in it together and we're all good people. And like, we gotta, we gotta help each other out. We got to stick to this, stick to this community that we've like that we're building and like, you know, not let them win. For sure, man. No, I, I'm definitely with you. And, and, uh, especially lately or like over the last year, I'm just super grateful for, uh, hardcore community as well as like everything, you know, cause hardcore is not just hardcore. There's like so much other stuff that is, you know, connected to it. And it's just a really, cool uplifting thing to be a part of um brings a lot a lot of people together in a positive way absolutely i mean i still like i mean i'm filling in for bib on third guitar on on tuesday in new york and like i'm happy to do it i you know there's a lot of people out there you know they grow up and they're like "Ah, i can't stand this anymore but like i just don't really have that kind of strong reaction to it it's just like if 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 people are cool, they're cool. And if they're not, they're not. And it says, you know, hardcore or, you know, like go to a weird, like country show or anything, you know, it's just like, if you can find that community and find that, like those people that hold you up and, 
we'll help you out. Like that's, that's what life's about. I think, you know, that love, you've got to find the love, dude. <laughs> that's right. No, 100%. I agree. Shout out to Bib too. Great band. Shout out who? Oh, oh Bib. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Great band. Great band. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been learning learning their set. So <laughs> nice. yeah, they are, they are they are they are a pretty cool band. Now that I'm like I'm I I know them musically, yeah, technically musically. Now I'm like, oh okay, this is like this is this is kind of stuff. for sure. Okay, since we have some time, do you mind talking to me about Toronto? Yeah, we can talk Toronto. Okay, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, I have never traveled much in my life. Um, due to a lot of reasons, legal problems at times, but I've never been, haven't been outside of California too much in my life. Um, so I've never been to Toronto. Um, you're a criminal. (laughs) I was not anymore. Ah, No, 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 not anymore. Um, so yeah, no, I'll actually be seven years sober in August. So I've, you know, yeah. My my life Big has turned respect around. For that, dude. Yeah. Big respect. For sure. Um but yeah, if you like I've never been there. Um I love baseball, so I always knew like um the Blue Jays and I always thought the God, I'm blanking on the dome that they used to play in right now. Sky Dome. The Sky, Sky dome. dome, yeah. I always thought that was like the, one of the coolest places ever when I was a kid. <laughs> um but yeah, Dude, yeah. I mean, I I was really into baseball. Like until I was about fifteen, I was obsessed with baseball. I was like, a, I was a pitcher for East Toronto, and uh, then I like quit sports for music. But yeah, it's funny you talk about the dome because I used to sneak into the dome when I was really young, like you know, I was like eleven, and I would sneak in and you know, like get my seats, and I would then sneak down to the underground parking lot of the sky dome and this was like you know 92 93 j's so yeah. it's like world series world, world series, series time, time yep back to back <laughs> um, right. so i would i ended up like with all their autographs and i would hide behind their cars and be like <laughs> hey mr hey devon white like do you wanna can, can you sign my ball and they'd be like they'd be like how'd you get in here? Like, what's, what's going on and like so I, I got to know which Blue Jays were cool because most of them wouldn't tell security, but like a couple of them were like, you know, a security guard came down and would like grab me and stuff like that. But most of them would just be like, oh, whoa, this kid's, like, this kid's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, dude, Toronto, I, I grew up in Toronto, born and raised in Toronto and East Toronto. And uh, I don't know, it was good. It was It was great. It's a great city. It has like, you know, it's blessed by it's like like most big metropolitan cities. It's like blessed by it's like immigrant communities. It has like a big, you know, Portuguese, Jamaican, Chinese, um, you know. And so because of that, we have really, really good food. Nice. Um, I it's like I haven't lived in Toronto in like five years, but I miss the food. I love the food. Um and if you go there, if anybody ever goes there and they want some recommendations, you can feel free to DM me on Instagram because I will hit you right back and I'll tell you where to go. Nice. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, apart from that, it's a, it's a, it's a it's the biggest city in Canada. It's it's a, it's 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 cool. I mean, I I I got sick of it because you know if you you live somewhere all your life and you're a creative person or maybe you're not even if you're not a creative person, you need to go and find new like things that inspire you. So I ended up leaving, um, but I go back now and then. But I haven't spent too much time there. It's like. It's got pretty, you know, a lot of a lot of things that are, were, were really gave Toronto its like character and its soul. Like a lot of the, you know, whether it's venues or or restaurants or stuff like that. Like a lot of that's getting like tossed out. Like like most things, you know, like yeah, gentrification by these like you know tasteless developers and, and all that stuff. We just like have no regard for anything that looks or like feels good. They just like you know just trying to like make money make make money take up space and just like you know so it's like it, it it's been affected greatly by that it's kind of like it's turned into like i don't know i I've, i'm i'm probably just being like an old head right now but it, it's <laughs> turned into it most people i talk to who have left are just are just like man that city's not the same you know what i mean but but there there's like three or four months in toronto that's really really cute and i would just don't go there in the winter. Um, <laughs> it's sick. It's sick. And like the, the surrounding areas, like Ontario as a province is really beautiful. Like the nature, you know, you can drive two, two and a half hours outside of um, Toronto and like, you know, be in these like really beautiful lakes. The, the trans Ontario means land of many lakes. Um, and that's really what it is. There's like thousands of them. So I spent a lot of my, a lot of my time, like, um, enjoying that part of living in Toronto as well when I was when I was young that's awesome man and thanks for telling the uh the Blue Jays story that's so cool um it's super cool because 90s sports are like the coolest to me I mean obviously I was born in 91 so like I wasn't like you know I was so I'd say like 96, 97 when I can really start remembering sports, but looking back at like nineties MLB, especially the Jays in the early nineties, man, they were like, you know, just, just such a cool, like just such a cool team. And yeah. Just killer. Like, and the- I was, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like almost 10 years older than you. So like, I was like, you know, 11, 12 when that was starting to pop off for the Jays. And I was also a baseball player. So like, I was so in it. I was yeah. such a fan. I was. I. I'm, and I don't. I don't follow the Jays anymore. I. I. I, I couldn't. I literally couldn't name one player, which is kind of nuts. Um, <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, like growing up for sports in that time, especially in baseball in Toronto, was just like, it was sick. Yeah, it's so cool, man. The Jays got still got like maybe the sickest uniforms in the MLB, like still, in my opinion. You think, dude? I don't know, man. I, I, I gotta say, like, as a Jays, as a Toronto person, I don't really like it. I don't really like it at all. Uh, I mean, like, early, early, maybe, like, 80s Jays, but that's just me being, like, kind of, like, throwbacky. I like yeah. that. I think, I think the Oakland A's look better. Um, I think the Dodgers look better i think the yankees look better i think the tigers look better Respect. i think the white Sox look better 
Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say most teams. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that I think that the Jays may have the worst. <laughs> I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna. T- I'm just gonna totally disagree with you. I'm sorry, I dude. It's all good. So I think like. Dude, people- what about the Marlins? I like the old Marlins, the pinstripes with the yeah. with the fish. You know, the new ones are that's so sick. I know those those are that's what I'm saying. Those '90s uniforms, but okay, maybe I think oh. the Jays unis are so sick because I'm a born and raised Dodger fan through and through, and we only have two uniforms. So and they're like, okay. they're sick. You know, they're classic, but we only have two uniforms. So I always look at other teams that have maybe just maybe I'm my eyes more drawn to the Flash. I don't know, but. But um, I mean, what do we 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 only have two like we we don't we don't have that we just have a we just have a, a stupid bird. <laughs> I don't you know. You guys have like L- L.A. and like hard ass like fawn. <laughs> it's like it's classic. Like you like that's like that's like you know you like tattoo that on your like on your on that's your it. on your chest and like be like be some L.A. That's but, like, true. No that's one's true. no one no one's out getting like a Blue Jay logo on their like arm unless you're like a diehard you're, like a Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you're like a really messed up Canadian, like questionably like weird <laughs> hoser type guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Which is cool. Funny. I know. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you: Was uh, was guitar the first? Was that like the, your your introduction to to music? Was was uh, learning? Was like guitar the first instrument you picked up and and started learning? Yeah, I was I was actually into rap. Um, from like grade three and four, I, I found rap and R and B. Like uh, I guess it was like mid-90s or something and i was like really into listening to the radio there's a few radio stations in toronto that played like you know like that west coast funky g-funk like warren g yeah i guess it was like 93 94 and like that kind of like warren g souls of mischief like snoop dogg dr dre all that stuff was like just hitting yeah and like i, I was like oh i was like this little tiny white little boy canadian being like <laughs> oh my god like i love this and historical and man yep yeah so like that was my that was my 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 my, my stuff you know what i mean um and it wasn't in, my my best friend growing up since the age of two his name's alan he's no longer with us but he's with us inside yeah um sorry about that uh, it happens. Um, he was always like, always like a rocker dude, you know, always kind of like a misfit, kind of picked on it at, uh, at school. And, you know, but he was my best friend and he, w- he, he one day brought over a guitar that he got, like his dad was a musician and, uh, he like taught me a Nirvana riff. Nice. And yeah. And I was like, Whoa, like, and then he kind of like, you know, put on the Nirvana and like tape or like maybe there's some videos popping or something like just the, some sort of visual element that that pulled me into. And like once that happened, it was like I think I was like grade four or five. Maybe it was grade five. Um, I was like, yo, like I'm, <laughs> I'm a rocker now. Like I was just like completely just changed my 
changed my vibe and like I, I didn't change my my look for a couple of years because I didn't want to get beat up. Yeah. Um, Respect. Yeah. Or like picked, picked on or bullied, but like secretly I was going home and learning like writing songs and learning Nirvana and like kind of like slowly finding punk and stuff. And um, I was still listening to rap and kind of dressing like I did. Um, but yeah, it was all Alan and he put a guitar in my hands and then kind of just like changed everything. And then we just kind of like got into everything together. We met Matt from no warning along the way and kind of like entered high school as these like kind of rocker freaks, um, <laughs> kind of into punk, kind of getting into hardcore at the time. You know, we, we went straight edge, like grade nine. Um, and yeah, kind of all, all went downhill from there, man. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Because the '90s were the '90s, not sports, yeah, but for music too. Like all that, all the G funk, West Coast G funk you're talking about was, you know, that was like a monumental part of music history, not just rap music history. Um, and also, yeah, uh, I mean, that like, I mean, that like, you know, all the stuff they were sampling stuff, like, you know, like. I love funky music. Like, I love funk. I love, you know, like, I love it all. Everything they were sampling, like, I would I would find out later in my life, you know, like Sly and the Family Stone, all that stuff, or just, like, kind of, like, smooth 80s, smooth 80s funk, like Jam and Lewis and stuff like that. Like, all that production that was getting sampled by, like, 90s rap and stuff like that, like, I... I kept the, I, I, I don't know. I just, the funk hit me, man. I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know why it did. I like to dance. I like to move. I like to groove. And going into no warning, I always was just like, yo, we got to funk it out a bit. We got to (laughs) get funky. And like, and like that, that, that's why like when we like did the, that song short fuse, which was like, when it came out, everyone was like, that's rap metal. Like it was like, no one was into it but it was like funky. It was funky for the time. And like, yeah, I attribute, I attribute the funk that we, that we put into no warning to nineties G funk, like that. I was into Warren G off the, uh, it all comes back to LA. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that's so cool. I would have never, I would have never put that like thought of that in thinking of no warning, but that's super cool to hear. Um, Thank you for, for sharing that. And the 90s is also a cool time for hardcore, too. Like, I imagine there was probably, I imagine Toronto in the 90s was probably cool, like a, a cool time for hardcore. It, it, did you guys have, like, little venues there or anything like that? Uh, it's kind of before my time. I, I was, like, not into hardcore until, like, 1998 or 9. Okay. So, um, but... There were some cool venues, like we. There was like a, an anarchist bookstore that the, that the shows would happen in the basement called Who's Emma, where a lot of people met, um, who I still know to this day. Um, that was really inspiring to be at those shows. This is so young, you know, like fifteen years old. Um, but in terms of bands, like not really, man. There was like there was wasn't really. We were into like you know Youth of Today and Floor Punch and stuff like that. So yeah. like. Any, anything like that was like not cool in Canada or Toronto. So we kind of had to, you know, we had to force ourselves in, into the door uh, in like 
pretty aggressively. Well, you you succeeded for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, uh, let's see, when I first heard "No Warning," I want to say I was, I was like in eighth grade, maybe eighth or maybe ninth grade, yeah. and it was like, you know, just I don't know. Me and all my friends loved it so much <laughs> when we were in high school. So you succeeded for sure. Cool. Well, I'm glad, dude. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So for the last couple, uh, last couple minutes, I just wanted to ask you about, um, and thanks for coming on the show again and, and talking. I, I really appreciate it. Um, no problem. I love radio. I, I got into <laughs> punk, like punk, punk and hardcore. There was a, there was a really cool college radio show called mods and rockers when I was like in high school and I'd listen to it every Monday night. And so like, you know, any chance I get to like do something for actual radio, like that's, I mean, hopefully it doesn't go away, but I don't think it will. <laughs> Dude, yeah, thanks for saying that. And um, yeah, when I was in high school, there was a, the University of California Riverside had a hardcore show on Wednesday nights, once a week. And the cool. dude, the dude was super cool. Like, like uh, you just call in and and take the requests, and he would play the requests and like shout you out. So like every Wednesday night for a long time as long as that show was on the air when I was in high school we used to do that and he would play everything man like it didn't matter you know what it was he would play it and um I grew up listening to like a commercial rock station in LA called K-Rock um yeah I know it yeah so the first time I heard hardcore on the radio I was like dude this is so cool (laughs) like I'm used to hearing like the closest you get is like maybe Offspring or Social Distortion or Rancid mm-hmm. or Pennywise or something, you know, and I remember he mm-hmm. played uh, Gorilla Biscuits on the Wednesday night show, and I was like, "Dude, this is so sick!" <laughs> so nice, yeah. I had a similar thing. We, I had, I had to stay up, like, you know, I had to get up for school the next morning, and, and they was on till like, you know, kind of late. So sometimes I would actually tape it, and I would um, listen to it the next day in like my art class in the morning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember one time we, we had a pop punk band before No Warning or not we, but I did. And it was like, I was really young. I was like 14. And uh, I remember I sent it to the station and I was like, nice. please play my, because sometimes they would play local stuff. And they actually played one of the songs, but the, but the host, like he tore it. He like, he roasted <laughs> it. He was like, that's cool, was man. Like, <laughs> I think the demo was called like beatings from the basement or something. That's and hard. he was just like, and he was just like, the, the band was called the Smegheads. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, sounds like the Smegheads should stay in the basement. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I'm going to show you, bro. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what I can really do. That's so funny. That's here I am now, dude. Yeah. Here I am now. Where's that guy now? <laughs> dude, no, no, that's pretty rich, honestly. It's really rich. <laughs> that's funny though. Yeah. Um but yeah, thanks for saying that cuz like I don't know of another FM radio show in maybe there's one in LA, but I don't know of another like FM radio show anywhere near here that like is like this so it's super cool like when I got the chance I first did high school football coverage on the radio that was like how I got that was how like how I, yeah that's like how I got plugged in and um 
which I didn't really want. Are you into high school football or something? No, hell no, I'm not. That's the thing. It's like, oh. I just like knew this dude who, who did this show here and he was like, Hey, do you want to help me? And I was like, all right, like I was, you know, whatever. I'll see what's up with radio. And then I just like learned how to do everything. And then That's when, tight. yeah. And then I was finally just to the station manager, like, Hey, can I just have my own show? That's like focused on punk and stuff. And he's all, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. yeah. So it's always been really cool to have that element. Like it's, you know, not just being like a podcast or something like, you know, I always tell people that like, Hey, we're going to be live on the radio. If that means anything to you. Some people think it's cool. Some people still call it a podcast, but whatever. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. They don't get it. Yeah. But, um, all right, man. Well, I got to get off the air here in a couple minutes. Um, all right, man. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'll definitely, you know, ever, played the record. Gov3 is out everywhere. You can pick up some cool merch um, at Run For Cover uh, web store. And um, I'm sure you'll be back out in California soon to play some shows. Um, if, you wanted, yeah, well. if you want to just give any shout-outs right now to close out or any of, like, your favorite stuff you're listening to right now or anything like that, uh, go ahead. I mean, shout-out you for playing my entire record on the radio i really appreciate that you're welcome um but i don't know just shout out california i'm i'm, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm probably gonna be back there in a month i'm gonna uh, try and make my life out there so i don't know get ready for me um but yeah no shout out california um it's a bomb dude <laughs> that's right all right thanks man thanks so much for taking the time and i hope you have a good rest of your thursday night you too. Thanks so much, man. All right. Peace.